Press the right button. I told him to play this. Listen to the words. Before you run me out of town, first of all, if you're a guest, we're glad to have you with us. My name is Kent. Uh, I'm doing a sermon series on uh, Reset and the Future. And I got to thinking about my teenage years, and that song came out in 1977. Woohoo! I was driving a 1969 Corvair, and I had that on an 8-track. Now, some of you young people don't know what I'm talking about, but it was a plastic thing that had music, and you put it into the device, and it played. And I remember as a young man thinking about tomorrow and how excited I got. And when I would hear that song, I was thinking, man, you know, I can't wait. Boy, I found this girl over here at the church. I'm going to marry her. (laughs) And I did. And we've been married 40 years, as you know. But there were so many things that I was planning. And, you know, all of us have done that, right, in our lives as as we come around in life and we think about the new year. I mean, here we are, January the 20-something, 21st or whatever it is. We're already in January. And tomorrow is here. And as we look at the new year, how are we going to approach that? We talked about resetting in a spiritual way. We've talked about things that we can do that will help us when we fall or when we fail and when things happen. But today I want to talk to you about tomorrow. I want to talk to you about as we go forward. And so I want us to look at some scriptures that I hope will encourage us and some principles, some principles in life that the Bible teaches us that I believe will help us as we face the new year. Before I do that, though, I want us to pray together. Will you join me as we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for the time of worship and song that we've had. And Father, I pray right now as we open your word, as we go into this time of looking at your scriptures, I pray, God, that Holy Spirit would speak to us. I pray that Holy Spirit would teach us. I pray that you give me the gift of preaching for your glory, not for mine. And Father, I pray, the Lord, that we find hope, find hope in tomorrow and in today. And our hope is in you. And so God bless this time and thank you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we move forward, it's interesting. I wish sometimes that I could see the future, but then there's other times that I'm glad that I don't. Uh, It reminds me of a story about a a convention that was going on. I read this story. It came out of Newsweek magazine. There was a story about a fortune teller's convention in Dublin, Ireland. And they were having this convention... And they had, the, they had the palm readers and the, and the, you know, star, uh, the crystal ball gazers and all the, the tarot cards and all this thing. And they were at their convention, and when they came back to their hotel, somebody had broken in to their rooms and stole all the equipment and things that they were going to use for their, for their convention. And so when the police came, this was in news, when the police came, <laughs> they couldn't help but ask the question. You know where this is going, don't you? They asked them, how come you didn't know this was going to happen? And why didn't you predict it? And wouldn't that be nice if we could know in some ways what's happening to dodge things like that? But when we look at the the future, we don't have a clue. God tells us to live for today, and I believe that, but I also believe that we should also be prepared as we go forward, and that we should set goals, and we should have things in our lives to give us purpose, and God has a plan in our life for that. If you look at examples like the Apostle Paul, and we read about him in the New Testament, you know, we talked about Peter last week, and and he's a character, but Paul was a big character as well. And as we look at Paul and his life and his ministry, you know, sometimes I get to thinking, woe is me as a preacher. I'm thinking, you know, man, does anybody really care? 
what time it is. No, I could, I'm sorry. Anybody really care? You know I'm a musician. Some of you know that, so it just, it just bounces around up there. But sometimes you feel, I mean, I think we all go through that, right? You get to feeling like, man, is anybody even paying attention? Does anybody care? I'm sure Paul did. You know, here's a story of a guy that gives up his life. You know, his tent business, he's doing that on the side. But he goes out and preaches the gospel, and, and he gets beat up. He gets put in prison. And it wasn't like prisons. I mean, I'm not saying prisons are great today, but I'm saying this guy was in a hole they put him in a lot of times. He was snake bit, shipwrecked. I mean, everything in the world happened to him. And yet, he pressed on. How did he do that? How can, I want to do that, don't you? I want to know how he did that. I want to know how today I can be you know, serving God, and I want to know how tomorrow something comes if they throw me in prison for preaching the gospel, how I can say some of the things. That, how did he do that? Let's look at a scripture. Let's look at a few of them, actually. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. I want you to watch this. This is the New Living Translation that I'm reading. Are we going to put that? Yeah, okay. Here we go. Check this out. <laughs> Starts off with the word always. What does always mean? If I tell you always, is that, is that sometimes? That means like always, right? Watch this. Paul, always be full of joy. Say it with me. In the Lord. There's a little secret right there, isn't it? He goes on to say, say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Watch this. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then God, the God of peace, will be with you. Did you see those key words? Did you catch those? In the Lord, rejoice, remember, don't worry, pray about everything, tell God, thank him for what he's done. Can I get an amen this morning? I mean, think about this. You want to know what Paul's secret was? There it is. He was a man that followed God and he, and he sought God's will in his life and he was walking with him. And we need to remember these words in our lives as we seek God's will for the life of individuals, as individuals, but for the life of our church as well. I'll tell you the truth. I don't want to go the direction as a church that God doesn't want us to go. I don't care if we have 10,000 people in here. If we're not doing what God wants us to do, I don't want to be a part of it. Amen. Because we want to follow what God's leading us to do. And you know what? He said he would, if he was lifted up, he would bless and he's been doing that. But I want to do what God wants to do in my life, what he wants to do in my life, what I want us to do as a church. As we set our goals for 2018, wouldn't it be a good start as individuals that we start from the point of, as we go into this new year, first thing we ask, what does God want in my life? What does God want for Burlington Baptist Church? Don't you want what God wants in your life? I mean, if we're Christ followers, that's kind of the point, isn't it? And the fact of the matter is he has a purpose for each of you, has a purpose for me, and he has a purpose for us together as a church. And as we seek what God wants, he will reveal that to us. 
We must be clear about where we're going and what God wants and know what he wants and ask for directions. What direction is God leading you? Ask. You know why we don't have? Because we don't ask. Sometimes I get in a situation and I'm telling you the truth. I'm already three blocks down the road before I realize you didn't even, you, you ought to pray over this maybe, you know. Maybe you ought to give this some thought, right? That's a good starting point right there. We ask God what he wants. And that's what Paul's talking about here. That's where he's going with this. We should start with a goal in mind, and that goal should be what God wants for us. There's a Roman proverb that talks about sailing, and he says, When the pilot does not know what port he's heading for, no wind is the right wind. We must set our eyes on Jesus, church. We must set our eyes on Jesus and keep focused on that. And that's the port I want to sail toward, and I know you do too. We start by having an end goal, and our goal should include what God wants, what he created us for the purpose of, to do his will, and what purpose is that? I heard about a lady who was in a church that had died. It breaks my heart to tell you today that's happening a lot. Churches are closing at an alarming rate. They are, and it's it's sad. In so much that a, a gentleman wrote a book called The Autopsy of a Dead Church. And I was reading this book, and he was talking about, uh, uh, he went and met with these people, and he asked them, you know, about their church. And, and as he talked to them, he found out they were kind of not outward serving, but they were inward serving, and they become inward focused. And you know what happens when you do that? You know what happens when we, all we think about is us? Well, when we go away, guess what? There's nothing left. And we don't want to do that as a church. We want to go out into the world and be the church. Amen? And so we see this. And as we set these goals, how do we kind of have these guidelines? What do we do? What are some of the parameters? that we, I heard about a lady who went to the great preacher Charles Stanley. I know a lot of you like him. And, and she said, can a person who lives by faith, should they set goals? I mean, do, do you believe that? She asked him. And, and he said, yes, I believe that you can. But with the condition... That your goals must be God's goals. Well, how do we know that? He gives what I think are some of the great guidelines that would take that we should take note of as we approach setting our goals and as we look at the future. In other words, as we go into this year and we look at things that we're going to do in our lives, some of the questions, four of them that he thought of that I think are excellent, and I think the principles of the Bible are this. Number one, will I grow in a deeper and intimate relationship with God? You got a decision to make. You got something coming up in your life. You're setting a goal. Number one, will I grow in a deeper relationship with God if I do this? Number two, will it help <laughs> make somebody else make somebody else successful? You mean it's not about me? How about number three, do I have to violate a spiritual principle to get there? And number four, will it fulfill God's purpose for my life? Those are pretty good guidelines. And I think if we set those, we would find that we would be in a, a good way, in good shape when we get to the end. And so starting at a good point and going forward is finding out what God wants, and we do that by asking. The first aspect of this as we go forward, and we're talking about tomorrow, is we should pray. Pray about everything. That's what Paul said. That's what he said in the scripture that we just read. Pray about everything. If I spend as much time praying as I do worrying, I'm telling you all, I would probably be able to fly. 
It's a learned behavior, worrying is, you know. My mother taught it well. You guys are podcasting this, aren't you? It's going to go out there and she's going to hear that. Take that out, will you? Seriously, if we would take a hold of, our, of ourselves and get a grip on things and let God lead us and pray for the direction. The early church did this. In the book of Acts, it says they devoted themselves in prayer. And you know what that word devoted means? That word devoted means that it has the same phrase of, of like just tearing something apart that it was just, it was intense. When was the last time that you prayed with such intensity? Intensity. I had to think about that. I should be doing that every day. Praying for God to show me his will. And seeking God's direction. And then when he gives us that, have the faith to follow what he's leading us to do. We see it always starts with God. And when we seek what he wants, by prayer. He'll answer us. I've also had him reveal himself to me through, through uh, scriptures. Haven't you? That's why we need to read the Bible. That's why we need to be in Bible study. That's why we need to be in church. That's why we need to be with other people. How many times have you ever, had, ever been talking to a brother or sister in the Lord, and you're praying about something, and they say something, and you go, wow. God just, you know, kind of spoke to me through what you said. I, I don't always tell them that, but my eyes usually go crazy, you know, like, wow. Did you really just say that? Did you know what I was thinking? See, it's important that we listen when we pray. It's important that we listen when we pray. And I've discovered that we can, through his word, he'll reveal himself. And sometimes, sometimes through others as well. And I know when we ask and search, he always delivers. Now, it may not be on my timetable. It may not be on my timetable. But when we ask God what he wants in prayer, he will answer our prayers. It may be no. It may be wait. But he will answer our prayers. This, this fellow that I was telling you about that wrote this book about the church dying, he went to this church that had passed away, so to speak, and it broke his heart. He sat down with some of these elders. There was a handful of people left in this church, and he sat down with them, and he said, I want to ask you a few questions about your church. I'm writing a book, and I want to, I want to write down some things, and I want to see if there's a pattern, if I can figure this out, why this is happening. He said, can I ask you a couple questions? They said, sure. He said, did you guys pray in your church as he sat there and talked to these folks he said did you pray in your church and one of the ladies spoke up and said oh yeah yeah we prayed yeah we prayed said said uh we prayed especially on wednesday nights that was our prayer time that's when we come in and 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 one of the deacons would run off a copy of of, of the prayer list and and we would read that prayer list and we'd pray and but but we had dinner we always had dinner and back when we were a big church we we hired people to cook for us and he said, okay, but, um, and she said, and, and, and oh, and yeah, and they cooked for us. And, and when we lost her, we couldn't pay her anymore. Then we had to start doing potluck. And then we bring our own stuff in. She said, you know, we used to go every once in a while. We wouldn't have no meat or vegetables, meat or bread. That's what it was, meat or bread. And he's, he says, but did you pray? And she said, yeah, we, we prayed. They ran off these copies, you know, and we prayed. But, 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 you know, after we started doing that meal, there were a couple times when we didn't have any meat or bread either one. You see where this is going? It's about priorities, isn't it? And we should start with prayer. Spiritual bread. Prayer time. That's what's important, that we seek God's will. Here's the thing. We should start with what God wants. 
in our personal lives and in the life of the church. The early church continued in four things. There was four things that they focused on and they write about it. <laughs> four things. They continued in the apostles' teachings. They continued in fellowship. They broke bread together. And they prayed. And they prayed and they devoted themselves. It says they devoted themselves to one another in prayer. This past week we had one of our members, uh, our drummer Bob, most of you know, has, has been in the hospital and he had surgery and it went really well. I, I talked to him after a while ago. I called him. I was trying to FaceTime him. You know, I'm not the most technical person in the world. And I had everybody in my calendar. I was waking them all up. But I did get to talk to him. But people were praying for him. A few weeks ago, I sat in a hospital with, with someone that was a family member. And this person, this doctor came in and he was talking and he says, we've done this, we've done that, and everything comes back. And this is what, and it's not what I think it is. He said, it comes back and, and I don't understand that. And he talked for 15 minutes, Sandy. And you know what I said to him? I'm sitting there quietly and I said, brother, do you believe in prayer? You know, you can get in hot water when you do that sometimes, especially when you get in certain professions, right? I'm sitting in his office, and he looked up at me, and he said, I do, but I don't go stand in a field when it's lightning. It was on. I said, well, I don't either. God uses all kinds of ways to heal. But we pray. We pray. He went on through the conversation. We were in there for about 45 minutes. I want you to hear this. We got to the end of our conversation and I thought, you know, I didn't know where this guy was because of what he said. I wasn't sure. I didn't know how to take that, you know. And I kind of sat there, and, mm -hmm. and then my family member said, you know, he's a preacher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like, okay. But anyway, what was funny, we got to the end of this, and there were some decisions that needed to be made. And when we got ready to leave, a doctor looked at her, and he said, I love you. You're one of my favorite. I've been, you know, your doctor for a long time. He said, here's what I would do if I were you. I would go home. He said, do you have a closet? I would go home and I would get in that closet and I would pray to my maker and my God. Because you obviously are people of faith. I was like, dude, you just blew me out of the saddle back there. What was that all about? <laughs> praying. Seeking God's direction and praying like the early church did. It implies an intensity that we pray together. I love it. We have members of this church. They'll call me. They'll text me. I get a card every once in a while. You have no idea how much it means when you get a card in the mail that says, I'm praying for you. Or a text, I'm praying for you. How cool is that? You guys know what I'm talking about? You get those, don't you? Yeah. What a blessing. Pray for one another. And follow what God says when we pray. Paul got this as he mentions praying a lot in the Old Testament. Moses understood this as well. It goes all the way back. Moses, here this guy is leading these people out. Look what he says to them in Deuteronomy, Old Testament, chapter 5, verse 32. Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, following his instruction in every detail. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. His instructions follow him in every detail. Stay on the path that the Lord has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosper, prosperous lives in the land that you're about to enter and occupy. Stay focused. Do what you're told. Do what God tells Follow him. 
We have a destination. There's a goal. I love all of the things in the Bible that you see there's such a, a relative thing. You know, they were on their way to a promised land. Well, guess what? So are we. And sometimes we wonder, all these parallels that we see, but stay focused. Stay focused. The destination is ahead. Of course, knowing that we have to change some things sometimes when we're pray, planning our plan, because sometimes our plan, we follow it, but then God tells us, this is where I want you to go. Paul had a plan like that. He was going to go over here and preach, and then all of a sudden the Lord took him over here and a revival broke out. Things changed. We have to be flexible and truly believe that God is in control. You know, I believe this. I believe that whatever a person says, that I can do this or I can't do this, yeah, I think you're right, whichever way you say it. We've got to start believing that God is for us and knowing that he has a plan for our lives, setting goals and what they are. It's important. Do you have a goal for this year? Do you have goals this year, spiritually speaking? <laughs> the actress Lily Tomlin said, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be someone. Now I wish I'd have been a little more specific. Specific in your goals. Last year we had people that took and read the Bible with me through the, you know, the year, and, and I was such a blessing, and it was a blessing to them. It was a blessing. Maybe, maybe that would be a goal for you to set as far as spiritually that would something that you're not doing. Many times we fall short because we really don't know what we want or we spend time chasing the wrong thing. As people of faith, we need to be clear on our requests and what we're asking God to do in our lives. And then know this, that we're not alone as we go forward. Paul understood this. Paul believed that he could do anything with God's help. Look what he says in Philippians 3. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Not in our strength, but in his strength. Brother David shared his story, a little bit of his story, and I was here when that happened. I was with you that day when we went to the chapel the first day, and I saw a man walk through a situation that was so difficult, and we as a church walked with him through that, and we prayed together, and God gave us strength through that, and God gives us strength to do things in our lives that we don't think we can do. We should always begin by asking God, prayer that's the number one thing have you got the first point have i hammered that enough when you go forward this year first thing pray the next thing you need to do and i need to do is prepare for action because when you pray <laughs> you better get ready huh yeah he's going to put you out there he's going to you know lord what do you want me to do prepare for action in luke's gospel jesus said but you count the costs before you build a building i'm giving you the king kent version to paraphrase and that's true when we pray be prepared for what's coming paul's an example he wanted to preach everywhere as i said earlier he was prepared but god led him a different direction his plan was to preach every to everybody he set his goal and he took off but god took him a different direction and because of paul's prayer life i believe he was submissive to what god wanted him to do you know, I looked up the things that Paul was preparing for and that he prayed about. Listen to some of these things. He prayed for godly living. He prayed for ministry opportunities. Huh? How many times do I do that? He prayed for strengthening. He prayed for increase of knowledge. And he prepared for those things. He didn't just say, Lord, do this. And then he went forward with preparation. He taught. He shared with others. And he prepared for it. Paul was a great example to us. And we want to do what God wants. And as we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, we can depend on him with understanding and he'll give it to us. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take.
Proverbs 3, 5. One thing that I've learned is when we do this, when we spend a lot of time praying and we try to seek God's will, and then we prepare for action, you know what's going to happen next? It's going to be opposition. There's going to be opposition. And so we need to be planning for that as well. I mentioned Moses. Moses prepared. <laughs> he, he kicked and screamed the whole way. But once he got situated, he took those people and they went out going for the promised land. Guess what happened? He had opposition. But because he had prayed, his heart was prepared, he continued and went forward and led those people. Joshua is another example of one who was seeking God's will. He took over for Moses, right? They get to the promised land. There was 10 of them said we can't do it. Two of them said we could. There was some opposition there, folks. And sometimes in our lives, there will be opposition when we do things for the Lord. You ever have any opposition when you follow Jesus? Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Sometimes it comes in the form of anger. Family member says, oh, yeah, you know, they're Bible thumpers. Just let them go. (laughs) Sometimes people get mad when you share the gospel, and they get angry. Our opposition can come in the form of discouragement. We can get discouraged because, like Moses, sometimes maybe things aren't happening fast enough, or we don't think it was fair what happened to us. Negativism, there's one. There's one that we can fight against, right? And i got to tell you something. Sometimes that's the worst coming from the inside. It comes from the inside sometimes. The world says, you believe that? Church folks can beat us down sometimes one another. We should be compassionate with one another. Did you catch that scripture a while ago? And then there's fear. There's another thing we should be prepared for. How do, you, how, do you, how do you as a Christ follower deal with those things when they come into your life? Do you have a plan? Are you prepared for that? Have you planned for action? Have you prayed about those things? You know, fear was the thing that gripped me for a long time and kept me from following Christ. And maybe you're in that situation today. Well, who do we look to to find answers to how to correct and fight those things? Jesus. Because he faced every one of them. There's examples of Jesus facing every one of these things that I've given you. As I researched this, I looked, and and it was an amazing thing. It said these are the responses that Jesus did when he faced each one of those things that I just mentioned. When he faced people who were opposing him. When he faced judgment. Pharisees, what was their motive? When they were trying to knock him out of the ministry, when they were trying to get rid of him. They were angry at him. What did he do? He said, what's their motive? He prayed and he sought those things. You see what's happening, how that works? Jesus also stayed in the scripture. When the devil came to him face to face and said, here, I'll put you up here. Look at all this. I'll give you every bit of this. Jesus quoted scripture and faced that fear. When was the last time you you quoted scripture? When was the last time I quoted scripture? It's something that I was facing. He prayed for those who falsely accused him. He was prepared for that. He was prepared. He remained silent as they said, are you him? Are you the guy or do we look for somebody else? He loved them. He prayed for them. He remained silent. And then the last thing is he forgave them. You know, that's the, that's the most powerful thing we can do for, some of, for somebody that's done us wrong is forgive them. Be prepared. How do you do that? Well, here's the first step. We recognize how much God's forgiven us. And in Jesus, we have forgiveness. We can forgive others. Why did I do a sermon on hitting reset and going forward? Because life is difficult. 
I had a conversation yesterday with somebody, and I sat there for an hour. This person was saying to me, I don't understand. Why is this, and why is that, and why is this? And, and we talked for a long time, and I said, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't understand, but I'm more worried about the things that I do understand, like loving your neighbor. Work on the things that we understand. There's a lot of things in life. You know, we're sitting here spinning around as an earth. I mean, that blows my mind. How are we all stand on the ground? We're running like, you know, all that. How does that work? Gravity. I don't understand all that. Yet, I don't sit and question it. God has a plan for our lives. Be prepared as we go forward. Be equipped with prayer. Be prepared for action and how you're going to respond. And be prepared for opposition. Arthur Hayes Salzberger was the publisher of the New York Times during the Second World War. It was a rough time. And because of the world conflict, he found it almost impossible to sleep. Opposition, things were happening, he was worried. He was never able to set aside worries from his mind until, until he adopted at his motto these five words. One step enough for me. That might ring a bell with some of you. He took the words from the old hymn, Lead Kindly Light. The words say this, Lead kindly light, keep thou my feet. I do not ask to see the distance sing. One step is enough for me. We must be prepared for tomorrow, but today is sufficient for itself. Jesus talked about that. In closing, I want to say this to you. God isn't going to let you see the distant scene. He's not going to let you see it either. So you might as well quit looking. God promises a lamp to our feet, not a crystal ball, into our future. And we don't need to know what will happen tomorrow. We only need to know this, Hebrews 4.16, the promises that are made, that we will find grace to help us when we need it. Pray with me. Father, I thank you just for life. I thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace. And God, I thank you for the lessons that we can learn from the Bible, specifically as we face today and we look to tomorrow as it comes. Would you teach us principles how we can prepare and be prepared? Thank you, God, for this privilege that we have right here to be able to pray to you. Thank you for this privilege of this place that we can come and worship. And God, I thank you for this church and for these folks that are here today. I pray that your word has gone out, that Holy Spirit has spoken, and that we can be encouraged, Lord, to know that you are with us and you are for us, even when we don't understand. Be with us in this time of invitation. And Father, I pray that you have your way. Give us strength as we leave. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.